Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. That's it. No special supplies or equipment needed. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. And believe me, I'm a small business owner myself, and there was a lot of waiting, a lot of lines, and a lot of postage, especially early on when I was getting my LLC finalized. And if I had stamps.com on my side, I probably would have saved a lot of time and frustration. So you can cut the confusion out of shipping with stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with stamps.com. There is no risk. That's right, no risk. And with my promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. Because who doesn't need those? No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD, all capital letters, P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code POD. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Save the day, and uh, today we're going to be giving away uh, several Roku TVs. If you're watching this, you see one right here behind me. Uh, most of you know our TV channel is going to be debuting on Roku and Apple TV soon. Um, so, how do you get the TV? How do you get all the stuff that we're giving away? Uh, they're my favorite things. You go to Patreon.com/slash Mistaken Identity Podcast. And just fill out the form under the show notes, answering the question of the day. And the question of the day is, what position is my guest running for? What office is he running for? That is a question of the day. Answer that question. We got about 20 TVs to give away. So go ahead and do that. Now, I'm actually excited about this interview. Um, Glad to catch up with him. Uh, and uh, we have a running joke because I always get the last name wrong because uh, he has one of those names that when you see it, you think you know it. 
but you have to look at it closely to realize that you don't know it. Uh, but Kenny is here. Kenny, how's it going? It is going great, Frank. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am uh, super excited to catch up with you and everybody watching. So I get your name wrong all the time. For years, yeah. for years, I thought it was Sweeney. And yes. the whole time it was not Sweeney. I didn't even know that until you left. <laughs> your last name is what? It is Sweezy. So Ken Sweezy. Yes. And you're so used to seeing Sweeney in general that you glance at it. Oh, you think you know it. You get it right. right. But I don't remember you ever correcting me. So that's nice. Yeah. No. Well, it's so common. It's like I, I'll answer to both. You know what I mean? Now, now that the flyers are starting to come out, you know, it's all official. You'll see it plenty. So you'll, you'll never get the Z in the end run again. So. Uh, so now our podcast and our TV channel and our magazine is about telling the personal stories of the people inside and outside of Wrigley Field, including past and um, present uh, players. And uh, we're going to go inside of Wrigley Field and outside of Wrigley Field for this one, because that's how I met you at Wrigley Field. Tell me, first of all, uh, if you could sum up your experience at Wrigley Field, what would it be? How would you sum it up? Absolutely. So, I mean, if you boil it all down to one word, it's, it, it's people, right? That, that's, that's when people ask me that, that's always what I go to. Um, you know, I think that's kind of been a theme of a lot of the things that I've done in life and a lot of the things I care about. It's always about good interactions with people, right? Um, but it's sort of like you want like a little chronology, a little, little resume as well? or Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I started, I, I went to, <clears throat> excuse me, Chicago for college. And after my sophomore year, I decided I was going to stay in Chicago for the summers. I had a buddy I went to school with who worked for the Cubs previously. Um, I'm a big baseball fan. Unfortunately for everyone at Wrigley, that's a Red Sox fan. Um, but that's all right, because at that time, the Cubs, Cubs um, had not been in a World Series. So we had never had to beat them before. So um, so there was no uh, no conflict there. But I started there when I was so I would have been 19 and I worked three summers there. That was uh, summer of 2015, 2016, and 2017. Now, tell me how your interview went your first, because you were a usher first, right? Yep, yep. So I started, I, um, I'd say that Wrigley Field was kind of like my first job. Um, you know, I had worked for my, my family owns a small business. So I worked all the summers before there. Um, we installed fence. You know, not very glamorous, but um, that's what we do. And, um, you know, so I was just digging holes, digging fence post holes for, for the six summers before that. And then I go into this interview, you know, wearing a tie and, uh, you know, I'm 19 looking for my first kind of, you know, job. And, I, you know, I meet, you know, all these just like bubbly, excited, enthusiastic people, you know, the supervising and the management staff there. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting experience for, for people who haven't explained it before, because you get a lot of people like me who show up in ties. And then the guy right behind me shows up in like an Anthony Rizzo Jersey. And I'm like, man, either I'm really overdressed or he's really underdressed and that's going to show. Typically most of the people that showed up in jerseys didn't end up getting the jobs, but, um, but, uh, but, but some did, but some did, but uh, the interview process is crazy. Cause it's, you know, it's almost like a speed dating style, right? Like you just got to meet 20 people in 20 minutes um, and kind of give them a quick, quick overview. So that was kind of my first experience with the Cubs, you know, besides going to a handful of games, you know, my first year in Chicago. Um, but it was quite the experience. And I'm glad that uh, getting through that was kind of the gatekeeping to to this awesome experience that I had with you and everybody else at Wrigley. 
Now, from my <laughs> own understanding, you were probably one of the youngest supervisors that I can recall uh, that the Cubs have had. Um, how did that come about? Yeah, so that was really interesting as well. So, like I said, I worked there three years. My first two seasons, I was an usher. So, you know, scanning tickets, that was the year of the, the no elevators as well. And I was on the ADA team. So really cut my teeth at Wrigley Field in, in a great way, pushing pushing guests up to the 400 level and kind of spending a lot of my time with that one-on-one -on -one interaction, which I actually ended up loving. Um, but yeah, after my second season, you know, after the World Series, uh, you know, the whirlwind of that, you know, so high on the Cubs and that job, that experience, all of you guys, um, some upper management approached me. And during the World Series, I would have been 20. Um, so I got first asked to apply to be a supervisor then before my 21st birthday. And I went through that application process right after I turned 21 and fortunately got the job. So it was, it was interesting because, you know, they explained and I expected that going through this process, obviously I was going to be managing people from the age of 16 to probably 96, you know, in some ushers cases behind the plate. Um, so that was going to be an interesting experience. Um, managing and really working with and helping people, giving feedback to people who are a couple of years younger than me and some significantly older than me, you know, retired, had a whole career, you know, and had managers for a long time. And now I was gonna be a 21 year old guy coming in and managing. So it was definitely a unique experience. I enjoyed the interview process. Management was obviously very receptive, you know, to the things that I had to say. Um, Cause I really, really felt at home and cared about the people and that kind of showed through during the interview process. And that's why I think management was so comfortable um, bringing me on. And it was honestly such a great experience. My first, you know, more formal, you know, if you want to call it corporate or professional life management experience, you know, I had a lot of experience with like, you know, captains of, of teams and such, but those are really your peers. So this was definitely um, something to a different level that I'm so, so grateful for. And that ended up, you know, unfortunately being my last season, I thought I'd be able to stay in Chicago after school and it didn't work out that way. But um, for our last season at Wrigley, it was, it was such a great experience. And I was so honored to be able to do it with, uh, you know, you becoming a supervisor as well. And the, the whole supervisor team was great. Um, and, uh, and I appreciated having those mentors and learning from everybody. So it was a great experience. Yeah. When you were a supervisor, I was actually one of your gate chiefs whenever you were at gate H, which I pretty much was at all day, every day. Right. Um, and I had the greatest time working under you. Like it was, it was the age didn't even affect me at all. I mean, you were so easy to work with. Right. Um, and we had a great time at Gate H. I had a, had a ball there with you. Whenever you were with me at the gate, I'm like, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely fun. And and I got a lot of similar feedback from a lot of people, which which really makes me happy because that's the way I, you know, and we always got everything done. People knew like, oh, Gate H was going to be run well. It was reliable. Like we weren't going to have issues. So we got the work done. We had fun doing it. And, and that's what I think is so important about you know, I, I don't even love the word manager and management. You know, it's more about leading and leadership because um, those can be very different things. It, and and that's what I tried to do when I was there. And I'm glad that it came through because we did have so much fun, so much fun. So a, a lot of good stories from that year. So now I do want you to tell me about before we move on, tell me about uh, the World Series and um, the emotion and the energy, the excitement, everything that goes around that. Tell me about that. Absolutely. So I actually don't know if you knew this, but I lived in Lakeview that year. Um, okay. So I lived right on the on Wilton, which is one block east of the stadium. Like I could throw a ball if I warmed up for a little bit and hit the field. Okay. Um, so it was kind of a crazy year because not only was I, 
you know, in my second year there, I was comfortable. I knew a lot of people. I loved the environment, loved Wrigley. Um, you know, and we were all already excited because in 15, we had made it to the NLCS and unfortunately lost to the Mets. Um, but people really saw that young talent coming up and the excitement around the renovations and the talent and everything was, was so much fun already to be a part of. And then going through 2016, you know, you have the whirlwind of, of me living down in Lakeview and experiencing that, you know, as a, as a senior in college was so much fun. Um, you know, rolling out of bed in, in, uh, in the summertime at, at four o'clock for, you know, 445 call time is, is always appreciated for someone at that age. So that was, um, that was a lot of fun, but yeah, going into the world series. And of course we go down three, one, it's the first time in so long, you know, I'm a man who appreciates our history too. So the Cubs are really up there with, you know, Boston and New York and LA with the most historic franchises. And, and to be a part of that history was so special for me because it really did remind me of growing up and why I fell in love in base with baseball in 2004 with the Red Sox. It was such a romantic story and it had the same kind of air about it with the Cubs in 2016, but appreciating it as an adult was just, you know, totally different level um, and living down there too. So although I wasn't able to, um, you know, ride the floats after, you know, we went back to Cleveland and the rain delay and the rest is history. But um, I actually got to watch the parade, leave the, leave the ballpark from my roof, um, which was pretty fun. And that was just a crazy day, crazy day. Fortunately, uh, hopefully none of my professors are, are watching this from college. Cause if they don't remember, I didn't go to class that week, but, um, but it was, it was a crazy week to experience that obviously with all of you guys and, you know, all the great relationships, um, you know, we had built in two years, and to uh, have it culminate in that was uh, something really, really special. And I, and I like to brag about um, when I'm not in Chicago. And then you created the ultimate sin and decided that St. Louis was in your uh, future. <laughs> yes, yes. So after graduation and after that um, 2017 season, I got a job as a forensic scientist with the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. So although I loved Wrigley, it didn't quite have the benefits that, uh, you know, the city of St. Louis offers. Um, so I went down there uh, right towards the end. It was mid-September, right after Labor Day that I started um, with the St. Louis Police Department, um, which in, initially I wasn't very excited. I was not excited to leave Chicago. It was tough to leave. It really became a second home and the Cubs of family, you know, friends at, at my university of family. So it was, it was really, really tough to leave. Um, but just like with the Cubs, you know, I'm, I'm, I have no problem really becoming a part uh, of a city and trying to make it feel, you know, like home as much as I loved where I grew up, right? I grew up growing up outside of Boston. I'm in Massachusetts. So the real ultimate sin, not only moving there, was that I did work for the Cardinals for one season. It was a brief stint because I liked driving back up to Wrigley too much. And uh, so I couldn't, I, I couldn't quite cut the, um, you know, attendance requirements for the Cardinals. But I did stick with the Blues, actually, through the winter. Um, so I, I started down there shortly after I moved, I was like, Oh, a real job will be fine. You know, full time. And then after a month I was like, yeah, no, I need to go back to a stadium. I just, I miss it too much. So, um, started with the blues and, and did the same exact thing. Actually, I worked for the blues for three seasons, two seasons as, um, a guest service, you know, security, similar, similar setup organization that they have at Wrigley. And then my third year, um, I got promoted to, uh, to supervisor. And they actually like to do their promotions um, in season at the end so that you can shadow before you start your, your new role. So I actually shadowed and was promoted right before the playoffs in, uh, in 2019, which, of course, was the year that the Blues went on to win the Stanley Cup. 
Um, so I am likely the only man or woman or anyone in history to have a, uh, a World Series and a Stanley Cup ring, and particularly one by the Cubs and the Blues, since that was the Blues' first championship they'd ever won. So that is uh, my hands get quite heavy uh, when I put those put those rings on. So that makes so much sense to uh, get the people at the end of the season yep. shadow so that they're ready to go. Yeah, that's. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the system, and and so obviously going through that transition twice, it it, it helped a lot. So yeah, uh, and uh, now most of our audience, the majority of our audience, is uh, either Cub fans or Cub staff or from Chicago, so they, they get the whole St. Louis joking. But for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, it's not a real hatred for St. Louis. This is a just a thing that St. Louis and Chicago Cubs do. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's really no love lost with St. Louis, but. Uh, yeah. I call it like a uh, Red Sox Yankees light. Yes, I like to define yeah. it like a Boston New York light rivalry is Chicago and St. Louis. Yeah, I want to mention people that people that don't follow baseball think that we're not just ragging on St. Louis. Right, 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 right. No. <laughs> St. Louis is a great town. Uh, great town. Yes. Um, so let me start. Let me move back real quick. Uh, tell me about because you're not from Chicago. Tell me about where you're from and what was Little Kenny like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I grew up in a small town named Hanson, which is about mm, 40 miles south of Boston. So South Shore is, is sort of the reason, uh, region in mass. Um, loved where I grew up, loved, uh, you know, even though I just described living in cities for a long time, I had much more of a, you know, a small town feel uh, upbringing, which, which I loved, you know, just playing Little League, played youth football in town. Um, went on to um, an all boys Jesuit high school in the city. So that's kind of where I first, you know, experienced, you know, city life, if you will, uh, seven through 12, I went to Boston college high school, which was the best, you know, um, opportunity for me. It was, it was a great experience. I met some of my lifelong friends that just supplemented the great friends I had in my town too, um, that I keep up with. Um, I was actually just in a wedding this weekend for, for someone I graduated with. So it, it was a great environment for me and really it inspired me to, um, you know, want to dive deeper into my faith, actually, which was something that uh, was not really a part of, uh, you know, little Kenny's life, not not something that was always important. Um, and I'm glad that I came to it a little bit later in life. It was really important. And uh, that's actually what helped steer me to Loyola um, in Chicago was because I wanted to explore that more. So I wanted to go to a Catholic college um, as well as, uh, you know, getting I went to um you know, some summer, you know, nerd camps, if you will, um, where I, where I studied forensic science a little bit, took a forensic science class in high school and, uh, wanted that program. It's so specialized that, uh, Loyola was one of the only places that was in a city, you know, had a, a campus environment, a forensics program and was a, a religiously affiliated university. So it kind of was the perfect place for me. And that's kind of what drove me to Chicago. But, but yeah, growing up was just, you know, very, very normal, you know, outside the city type, type of life, you know, so something that a lot of uh, people in, uh, in the city of Chicago rag on when they come into Wrigley, uh, into Wrigley, but, uh, but that's all right. That's all right. You know, it, it was great. And I'm glad that it helped, you know, steer me, steer me to, you know, the person I am and uh, the places I got to go. So. Tell me about these jerseys in the back. Tell me about these jerseys that you have back there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, right behind me, actually, uh, over this side is my uh, high school football uniform. So I, I was fortunate enough to be on the state championship team when I was a junior um, and then started the following year, uh, my senior year. So football was always really, really important to me. 
Um, you know, like I said, I loved sports growing up. So another great thing that Loyola offered was they had a big club sports program. Um, so that's just not affiliated with NCAA, but it was regular. We played NCAA rules, full contact. So that's actually my college jersey over on this side. So I was lucky enough at, uh, at Loyola where I got to continue my football career for four more years. And that's where I got a lot of experience with, you know, in high school, you just, you know, you go to school, you go to practice, you do your homework, right? But college life's a lot different. Um, so it was a completely student run organization. So what was so unique was not only do I get the, you know, the friendship, the teammates, the, the football playing experience, but I was actually the president of the organization for two years. Um, you know, we had, we had league compliance, we had school compliance issues. We had, uh, you know, that we had to programs that we had to implement. Um, we, we dealt with uh, a budget in the tens of thousands, you know, football, it's liability, it's travel is all pretty expensive. So dealing with donors, dealing with, uh, you know, alumni, parents, you know, peers, teammates, school administrators, everything. So that was definitely a unique kind of spin on football um, for me and, and kind of, you know, also that little, that little leadership taste that I got right before I started at Wrigley that I really leaned on during, during my interview and kind of where I drew a lot of my experience from, um, you know, going into, into uh, supervising at Wrigley. But, uh, but yeah, those two uniforms I'm extremely proud of. And uh, if any of my teammates, you know, are watching this, uh, just, just, I, I hope they can tell how important those experiences and those times were, you know, because that's why I keep them and that's why I love to look at them. So thank you for asking. Yeah, that's some good framing there. I'm trying to get my uh, jerseys framed and that's, that's some good framework there. So yeah, uh, and, and it's not cheap. So you must really care. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. Nope. They, they, they look great up there and they deserve to, you know, be taken care of. So, yeah. Uh, so we call the podcast and the TV channel and the magazine Mistake and Identity because um, a lot of us at Wrigley Field, uh, even, even the fans, when they see the players, uh, they assume uh, what our life is really like based on the few hours that they see us. They assume that, okay, you know, you're this way, not knowing this, some of us are lawyers and doctors and teachers. Um, so the image that they have of us at Wrigley Field is not our true identity that they're going off of. Um, which brings me to your latest uh, and probably your greatest uh, endeavor. Uh, most people from Wrigley Field that know you, um, uh, some of them may have seen this coming. I, I can see it, but <laughs> they may not. So tell us about what you're jumping into now. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for those that don't know, I am running to be the next state representative of the 6th Plymouth District in Massachusetts. Um, so that's a state level office. Um, it represents about 44,000 people in, you know, the neighboring towns um, around Hanson. Uh, like I said, where I'm from, very glad to be back here and honored to have the, uh, you know, the opportunity to start speaking to everybody and, and meet as many people as I can in this region to potentially represent them. This is, um, you know, this is something that I always thought about. Like you said, uh, you know, you might be able to predict it. Uh, I, this was something I was always interested in is something that, you know, I'll have a long career in law enforcement and I might do it when I retire, when I get older, when I'm, you know, after, right. And um, obviously as, as everybody listening and everybody in the world can attest to, you know, the last year and a half or two years has really changed a lot of people's perspectives. Right. Um, so I stopped thinking about later. I stopped thinking about after, right. Um, you know, I was, a fingerprint examiner in St. Louis. And when the pandemic came on and, you know, we got sent home, that was really tough to, you know, handle as, you know, 
I, I didn't think law enforcement, you know, ever got sent home civilian or, or sworn officer, you know, and they sent the civilians home, which is how I was classified. And that was tough to handle for a little bit because our crime was still happening. Right. Even when we were supposed to all be indoors. And then as the year goes on, you know, all the hours you put in that the studying I did the work me and my peers were doing, you know, the homicide rate almost doubles in a year. And, and that's really hard to watch you know, with everything else going on, the crime skyrocketing, you know, people doing bad to other people skyrockets. And, you know, I, I started feeling that, you know, I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't, you know, contributing in the way that I always thought I wanted to. Right. Um, so rather than being a guy who was contributing to, you know, case by case, victim by victim, which, which is awesome work. And I truly, truly loved it. And, uh, am so thankful and honored that I got to do that in St. Louis and serve serve the city there. But I started just, you know, saying why later, like I have ideas. I, I think I have the ability to, to help more people at once. Right. I, I don't want to just go case by case. I want to go system by system. I want to go issue by issue. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I went to get this program and have that job to, to serve the public and, and eventually become, you know, a, a public servant and a, and a leader in that field. And once I got home, you know, you know, I ended up leaving that job to come back home and kind of resettle, you know, I, I, I started applying for other jobs and I realized more than anything else, I was just missing Massachusetts. I was missing this area. I was missing home. Right. So I came back here. I, I got a job in a private lab um, in Metro West outside of Boston and I was working and I started getting involved. You know, I started, I joined a committee in, in, in my town of Hanson to try to help ec economic development issues in town um, and then I started getting involved with political organizations in the area. And it was just kind of brought up like, hey, why don't you do this now? And I never really knew, you know, when I was younger or, or when, you know, you and I were talking at Gate H or when I was thinking about the later and the after, what does that look like? You know, what, what would I run for? How would I get involved? I never really had a picture. And all it really took was to start doing and start meeting people and start getting involved in the path kind of opened itself up, right? In the way that people are like, hey, you might be good for this. Or, hey, have you thought about X, Y, Z? And, you know, I looked and I was like, hey, what is a realistic way that I could help the people in my community um, as soon as possible? And this, this was the conclusion, uh, you know, I came to and after talking to my family, you know, it was important to have everybody on board and, and they were super supportive. My friends have been super supportive. I have a great team working behind me, you know, combined with uh, local individuals who are also involved and family and friends and, you know, just sort of kicking this off, you know, in the past couple of weeks, you know, has been so much fun. It's been a whirlwind, um, but, uh, but it's been fun. And, and that's good because people say, if it's still fun after a week, then you did the right thing, you know? So I've been called crazy more than once for it. Um, but I think that's healthy too, right? It's people who try to undertake something that takes a lot of work, you know, often are right. Um, so even if it's in jest, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny that people say that, but it's it, but it's been fun. It's really been fun. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. Take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. 
Enjoy a beer or six-pack today, and please remember to drink responsibly. So, you think you can dance? Join the Community Sports Fans Dance Troupe and learn the Baseball Fan Dance. Don't miss your chance to dance in the CSF official music video. All baseball fans are welcome. Please visit communitysportsfans.com for further details. They say, you know, all politics are local, as they always say. So uh, uh, obviously I'm in Chicago, but so tell me what are some of the issues that you're looking to um, address there? Yeah, no, absolutely. That is a great question. You know, there's, there's no shortage, right? Um, people like to focus on, oftentimes people will boil it down to a presidential election or, you know, to your senator. And, and as you mentioned, it's not that, right? It's your life, whoever's watching this, if there's any takeaway, your life is more affected by your city council, your town selectmen, your, your mayor, your, your governor, your, your local politicians actually affect your life significantly more than anyone does in DC. Um, and I think the more you get involved and the more, more you learn, you realize that pretty quickly, right? The, the more local it gets, the more important it is. So some of the issues are issues that, you know, most people might not even be familiar with, right? It's, um, you know, it might be parent choice in schools is really important now. You know, that's talked a lot about uh, parents having a say in curriculum is very important. Um, you know, obviously post pandemic, what's, and with the inflation that we're going through everywhere, really, that's, that's local and national, but you know, your money, your dollar not going as far as it used to, that, that, that hurts real people, right? That hurts, you know, like I said, my family digs fence post holes, right? We own a fence company. We don't like, when inflation happens, when, when your dollar doesn't go as far, that, that affects real people, right? Um, it affects our workers. It affects our ability to own a business, run a business, you know, my ability to commute to my job near the city, um, all those things. So really allowing business to operate um, without as much regulations. That Massachusetts is similar to Illinois, where it tends to be a little bit burdensome, I believe, on its residents and its businesses. You know, so just giving people a little bit more freedom uh, giving to to spend their money as they see fit, you know, not not taxing them quite as much, and making sure that small business has the same opportunity that big corporate businesses do. Right? Like we know Amazon's fine, we know Walmart's going to do fine, but but what is mom and pop boutique or or the pizzeria down on the corner doing? Right? So we got to make sure that we're enacting policy that's that's helping those, especially in hospitality, recover from the pandemic. Because even though you know ball fields might be at full capacity. The economic impact, as we all know, is still being felt by everybody as individuals and, and as businesses and as communities. So making sure that we're adequately putting resources towards um, those still negatively affected, making sure, you know, people that want vaccines have vaccines, people that, you know, want to feel safe in public and, and, and go to school and, and go to work, feel safe and making sure that we're doing everything we can to support everybody's needs, not not some people's needs, not these or those people's needs, but, but really making sure that in this time where you might see some divisiveness in, in a national um, arena, like in local politics, it's all about your neighbor, right? You're voting with your neighbor, 44,000 people compared to 350 million, right? Is, is not very many, right? So, I mean, you're, you're voting in the interest of you, your children, your spouse, your neighbor, your high school, your alma mater, you know, your, your mom and pop shop. So, 
that's what's so important is about local politics is realizing that different dynamic and also making sure that you're focusing your efforts on, on supporting those things. Right. And supporting people who are also invested in your community. So there's, there's, like I said, a whole host of other ones. Um, but, but broad strokes, you know, supporting everybody that we can post pandemic and safety and with their, their livelihoods and, and making sure that if they want to have a, you know, a good, honest, living and support their their family that they can. Now, uh, as you know, let me discuss, I'm from Illinois. Um, give me some reasons, uh, what, what are some good things um, about your state or community that would make a person from Chicago, like, you, you should come here because to visit because. Absolutely, so most people that know me know number one massive history nerd so right off the bat right off the bat that's number one i mean america's hometown plymouth is is right down the road from me i'm i'm closer to there than i am to downtown boston actually so you you can go see plymouth rock you know where the mayflower uh, uh touched down so the history is great i love that about my area one of my favorite things to do right when uh when i had a lot of people from chicago visit me um from college was the first thing i would do is take them on a driving tour and, and um if I could keep them awake the whole time uh, from pointing out things, uh, you know, going through the city and, and I, I would also include Fenway Park because that is, um, you know, just as historic, if, if not more than, uh, than, than Wrigley. So um, that was part of the tour. But I mean, you go down some streets and it has, um, the, there's some bylaws in towns where they have to include, you know, certain things, almost like an HOA, like the year these the, the the houses were constructed and i'm and i'm driving down a road in some of these towns or, or through my own district that you know the houses were built before the constitution was written or the declaration of independence was signed and that's something that always really jazzes me up about where i'm from and and probably inspired a lot of my love for history and politics because you know we got our start here and it's something i'm you know passionate about um and everyone who knows me knows that i can go on a little bit about it because I because I'm really fascinated in how how yesterday affects today right if you will how how our founding affects what we're going through now um but outside of that the culture is amazing it's very unique I mean it's it's a very hard-working you know blue-collar community um you know all the way from Boston down to where I'm from and I think you definitely can understand that in in, in large strokes of Chicago people people think about Chicago as you know like the Sears Tower but it's really not right it's about it's about a lot of individuals that that work really hard and have small neighborhoods you know that you don't always hear about if you're not from there um and learning that was why I love the city so much and why you know, whether it was Rogers Park or Lakeview, which they're two very different neighborhoods, but I'm so glad that I got both experiences. Um, and Boston's similar, right? It's, it's, it's full of a lot of good people. The culture is very unique. Obviously the accent that I am not going to turn on for you right now um, is a great thing to hear in person as well. Um, but yeah, just, just some of the, some of the many reasons why, why I love this area and why I, you know, felt, felt compelled uh, to come back. It's a great, Great place to live. You must be reading my mind because I was sitting there thinking to myself, I just watched Goodwill Hunting. And this <laughs> accent was, I love the movie, by the way. I love that movie. Yeah, great. One of the greatest. Accent, one of the greatest. Yeah, the accent was so deep. I'm like, you know what? I've known Kenny for all these years and uh, I've never heard that accent. <laughs> yeah, I am a little bit outside the city, but it was funny because during college, whenever I would uh, come back to Boston, everyone would be like, wow, like after a few years, like you really sound like you're from the Midwest but I would spring Christmas here for two, three, four weeks and I'd go back to Chicago. 
they'd be like, wow, yeah, you really sound like you're from the Northeast. Like every once in a while, it, uh, it, it, would, it would sneak out on me, so. You know, I wish uh, you brought up uh, national divisiveness, and I wish that people on the national level um, could have, could take our example. Uh, you know, we were able to talk politics here, uh, which is impossible to do in America, but we were able to talk politics here. Um, didn't matter, you know, we didn't bring up race, we didn't bring up anything that was either controversial. Um, just talked about topics that actually, everything you brought up, uh, I can relate to. Right. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, it's not, you know, it, there's no war on the, you know, it, it was, I just wish that we can get back to uh, the brand of politics that it sounds like you're trying to uh, get your community into. Uh, I definitely applaud you for how you're handling your campaigns so far. Well, thank you. And that's, and that's a great point. That is definitely an, an overarching theme of, of the type of campaign and the type of candidate I am. You know, there's no, there's no reason, right? Like I said, local politics, but all politics, you know, it's, it, it, you're voting for the best interest of you, your family, and your neighbor, right? You know, love thy neighbor as yourself. That's, that's important. Those, those words mean something. And we should be able to debate policy. I truly believe, truly, truly, that 99.99% of all people want the same things. And they, and they want the country to succeed. They want their state, their city, their town, their family, their neighbors, their school, whatever, to succeed. They really want the same things. We just tend to disagree on how to get there. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it can be handling a small issue at the ballpark. It can be trying to define what, you know, policing should look like in your communities, whether no matter what the issue is, we want the same things, right? We want equity. We want, you know, freedom for all, liberty for all. Like those things are important and we all believe in those things in general. We just need people to be able to come to the table and say, this is why I think this is the best course to take, or this is why this is the best course to take. We're trying to get to the same place and, and I really want people, people who talk to me, I think in general, understand that and have this, a similar takeaway that you have. Um, but as we go through, there's, there's no reason for the personal attacks, for hate, for the divisiveness. There's, there's one goal and it's the success for everybody. And, you know, for you to be able to go to work and, and support and raise your family in, in peace and have the freedom to do the things that you like to do, you know, and, you know, whether that's enjoying a ball game or, you know, taking your kids to the park or, or whatever it may be. It's, that's what it's all about. And, and there's plenty of room for civil policy discussion and, and, and disagreements. And I think people are starting to wake up to that because it's been, you know, a long few years, you know, whether it's COVID or before, you know, even the last five years. And I think politics have progressively gotten to a certain point uh, that, it, it, you know, people are unable to do that. So I, I think we're getting there. I think we're getting back. And, and that is certainly the goal. It is certainly the goal. Yeah, you know, one thing about um, uh, working at Wrigley Field, um, I'm using it as an example because we have it in common. Um, we never knew who was Republican or Democrat or Independent. We all had a good time. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. We never knew who was whatever. Matter of fact, I don't think we even asked or even cared or... Uh, I mean, for know. all our years, I don't think we we talked about no. that. Once, you know? <laughs> no, not at all whatsoever. And, uh, you know, we just sort of uh, got along. We were just, you know, we got along. We were friends, whatever. Never even came up. Like, nobody even. Um, and it's funny because um, I'm sure 
out of the hundreds of people that work there, there are people from both sides, I'm sure. Certainly. But you would never know. You would never, like you would, in my opinion, you would never know. You know, everybody just pretty much here for the, one thing in common, let's win the game. Let's, right. Let's and if everybody sort of has this one goal, you you sort of distracted from everything else because you're working to this one goal. So, um, yes, uh, I am definitely a huge fan. Uh, tell everybody how they can uh, uh, support your campaign and what you have going on. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of ways to get involved, support, donate, um, whatever you're able to. You know, uh, this is this like I've said, this is a campaign about people and, and um, you know helping the community. So there's nothing to be done that's too small, right? In the last couple of weeks, I've, I've been fortunate to formally launch the campaign, which, which came with social media, which I'm sure some of you um, out there have seen or already followed or liked, which I very much appreciate the, the early support. But I, I've got a website. It is sweezyforstaterep.com, all lowercase, all words, um, which is a great resource. It has a lot of more, more in-depth information about me, my childhood. It has you know my upbringing, who I am, what I've done. It has a section for issues that I care about, some that we talked about, some that we didn't. Um, and then it also has links to my donation platform and my store, which I actually just launched this week as well. So if um, all the Cubs jerseys are in the wash or whatever else you may be wearing, feel free to um, purchase and, and don a Sweezy for State Rep t-shirt, sweatshirt. Uh, there's some bumper stickers on there for your car, the back of your computer, whatever. Um, so half those proceeds, about half the the uh, proceeds go, go towards the campaign, which really helps a lot. That's a lot of stuff I need, you know, that's, that's mailers, that's yard signs. That's, that's a lot of the, uh, you know, the boots on the ground, hard work that's going to go into this the next, you know, just under a year now. Um, so getting on social media, going to the website, donating, if you can, no matter how big or small um, is very much appreciated, but, um, but yeah, and, and absolutely, you know, I encourage people, my, my email address, my new campaign email address is linked on the on the website and on my social media so feel free to contact me if you have any questions or or anything like that i'm more than than willing and able and and want to you know interact with with individuals hear their concerns or even just bounce ideas off of or have feedback if, if you like what i've said if you don't like what i've said you know like i said there's a place for that civil discussion to take place so um but yeah, so those are those are all my campaign resources, and I appreciate you know everybody taking the time to look at them and uh, and, and log on if you can. Yeah, I'm gonna go and, uh, and visit your store myself just so I can have something to help you remember your last name. How to? Yes, there yeah. you go, there you go. I you checked; know, it is all spelled correctly. As a matter of fact, you should for those people that are listening only, maybe you should spell it so they will go to the right website. Yes, that that's a great point. Uh, so it's Sweezy for State Rep, which is S W E E. Z E Y for staterep.com. If I ever become a rapper, I want to use that as my name. Squeezy. <laughs> yes, I, I get that a lot. I get DJ and rapper a lot, actually. <laughs> DJ and rapper a lot. Um, all right. So, um, wow, I cannot wait until you win. That way you can come back. And, I know. Uh, I know. When we put, we can actually lock it in, put it on your calendar. I'll come back a year from today and, and we yes. can rehash the whole thing. Yes, uh, definitely. So everybody can. Uh, I really can see uh, what you have done successfully and let them know that whatever you want in life, you have to go out and get it. Yep. Uh, I'm not gonna come to you just like uh, Kenny is going after and doing what he wants to do. Uh, well, Kenny, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it when you came, uh, when I called on you last, no, in January for the virtual um, 
Cubs uh, event, which is coming back again, by the way, because we canceled our regular one. But I enjoyed you then. I enjoyed you now. And I'm going to enjoy you when you win the next time. Um, if I was there, I'd vote for you. And yes. Yes. Unfortunately not. Uh, it'll only be that 44,000 in the district, but, um, but, you know, I appreciate the invitation coming on, talking with you, catching up has been great. And um, yeah, yeah. My number, you can call anytime. So. All right. Uh, so thank you, Kenny. And thank you all for checking out another episode of the podcast. Make sure you go visit patreon.com slash mistaken identity podcast. Thank you all very much. Hey everybody, Joe Flaherty here with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We want to thank you for your continued support. We also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to those of you who have written reviews, dropped some likes, and shared our shows as that has allowed us to grow beyond any of our expectations. As a matter of fact, we're excited to announce a new way for our loyal listeners to enhance their experience even more with our new membership feature. All you have to do is jump in the show notes and follow the link to our Patreon page where you can find access to a whole bunch of extra goodies for as little as $3 a month. You'll be given access to exclusive content, merchandise, behind-the-scenes video, early access to episodes, the ability to make special requests for guests, and much, much more. Now, if that sounds like something that interests you, head on over to Patreon and search Mistaken Identity Podcast or simply follow the link in our show notes to join the likes of Nancy Sullivan, Alice Daniels, and Kathy Chester at the rookie level, all the way on up to the Hall of Fame level with longtime listeners Kathy Weedley and Kathy Grossman. As always, we can't leave without our disclaimer. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.